Tallahassee's traditional tsunami of springtime celebrations is back on track after the COVID restrictions of the past few years. And among these insanely popular happenings is the Chain of Parks Art Festival, set for April 23rd and 24th in downtown Tallahassee, promising to be a spectacular return with top-notch artists from near and far displaying and selling their creations. We're going to have a preview of that event, which is considered among the very best of its kind in the entire country on a live in-studio edition of Perspectives, including your phone calls and emails, and that's straight ahead on today's Perspectives from WFSU Public Media, right after the news from NPR and Gina Jordan. Good Thursday morning. Hey, welcome to Perspectives from WFSU Public Media. I'm Tom Flanagan. You are always welcome to be part of the conversation at 850-414-1234 or slip us an email, perspectives at wfsu.org. We have so many things that happen here in the spring in Tallahassee, and it's great coming off of all the problems that we've had with COVID because now we can see the revival of these great historical traditions of spring, which we love so much in this community. Um, kind of kind of a shame about the parade with springtime Tallahassee last week, but still it was enjoyable to see the survivors <laughs> Down at the festival, the folks who said, rain, not a problem. We are going to keep on keeping on despite the inclement weather. And it still turned out to be an, an enjoyable event. And we can look forward to next year and hopefully better weather with that. But coming up, well, Word of South this weekend, of course, and we'll have more to say on that later. But Tallahassee's Chain of Parks Art Festival is also going to be happening a little later this month. And it has been consistently ranked among the top 100 fine art festivals in the entire nation. Now, that's for six years running, which is an incredibly enviable track record. In fact, Sunshine Magazine ranked it number one in 2017 and the third best festival in 2019, just before the pandemic hit. So now with COVID hopefully in retreat, the 2022 iteration of Chain of Parks returns to its historic glories, and we are looking ahead to April 23rd and 24th, and we will be talking with the folks who know more about the happening than really anyone on this edition of Perspectives today. So let's go around the table and meet them, starting with the chair of the Lemoyne Chain of Parks Art Festival in the persona of Kelly Dozier. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Tom. It's been a while. It has been. It's great to be here face-to-face, in person, and talking about the festival. I know. The last time I saw you was down in the back garden, and you had on the boots and the gloves and the implements of destruction, and you were doing a good job on the garden behind the headquarters of Lemoyne. So how's that coming along? It's coming great. Love the garden. Um, it's it's a beautiful place to be and uh, love to make it even more beautiful. We'll be talking about that and some other Lemoyne things along with the Chain of Parks, of course, as we go through this hour. But we also have to say hi to the executive director of Lemoyne, who is Ariel Rav. Hey, Ariel. Hi, Tom. It is a pleasure to see you for sure. 
Likewise. It's always good to see you, Tom, and it's really a pleasure to be in the studio with you. Okay. Much more on Lemoyne stuff to come, but we have to get back to uh, Chain of Park stuff. And who better to uh, plumb the depths of that <laughs> topic than the festival manager of Chain of Parks, Pal Crease. Hey, Pal. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having us. We also have one of the many participating artists who will be enjoying, we hope, stellar sales and certainly stellar exhibitation. Is that even a word? I don't know. Quincy. No. <laughs> it, I don't think it is, but we made it up as we went along. Quincy Hamby, whose uh, creations of extraordinary jewelry adorn some of the most remarkable people in our area and beyond. And Quincy, you have been creating for how many years now? Uh, probably over 30 years. I had art galleries here in town and I exhibited myself in my own art art galleries. And then I just decided to show myself. And and indeed you do. Yes. You've never been a real show-off, though. But, boy, your recreations are Oh, I'm are a show-off for sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, okay, Kelly, along with Ms. Hamby here, how many folks are going to be participating now in the kind of reborn Chain of Parks Art Festival this year? Well, we've accepted 150 artists. Uh, so uh, you can expect to see about that many artists in the festival. And it's a wide variety, as you know. We've got... Uh, all kinds of media there. There's obviously jewelry, photography, ceramics, painting, uh, 3D, 2D, you name it. We've got something for all art lovers. And again, that is going on on the 23rd and the 24th, although there actually is going to be, I think, the previous evening. Isn't there a kickoff event associated with it this year? So uh, we have a partnership with Opening Nights, and on Thursday night, the 21st, uh, there is uh, Lana Shuttleworth is our presenting artist, and she will be speaking about her art, which is uh, in involves recycled uh, traffic cones uh, is what she uses. So she shreds them and curls them and colors them, and she creates amazing pieces of art with that. Um, that will also be on display at Lemoyne Arts, and I know Powell wants to say something about that. Oh, yeah. So we'll, we're going to have a show called Recycled Beauty, and Lana Shuttleworth is our featured artist. We also have 20 other local and regional artists that will be part of it, but her work is so interesting. She uses recycled x-ray film and dental floss and traffic cones and makes these beautiful, almost Klimt-like uh, landscapes. So that's going to be a very exciting exhibit. I'm looking forward to putting it together. And that is just in the run-up to the main event itself uh, in, in the chain of parks, and again with 150 artists. But it's not just a, a display and a sale, and Quincy will get to you on that one here in a second. But Ariel, as far as the impact on Lemoyne and the programs that you're bringing, for those who are not familiar with the, uh, the Lemoyne organization, it is primarily education. Well, we have um, a multi-pronged approach. Um, we bring education, uh, art education to all ages. Um, really, we have a preschool uh, group that comes on Saturdays, and that's um, free, and parents join. Um, all the way, you know, 3 to 93. We've got studio art classes, camps, and everything. Um, but um, we also... Uh, have, you know, our gallery, um, and we do about eight to ten exhibits a year, um, and that's uh, that brings in a lot of community members and visitors from afar, so 
Yeah, we do plenty here. Yeah, but also expanding at the same time because you have a building that was just offices right next door to the headquarters there on uh, Gadsden Street, and you will be relocating a lot of your educational spaces into that larger space here before too terribly long. Yes, we've expanded. Now we have the building on Gadsden Street right next to our gallery, and that's very exciting. Um, We have the permits and the plans um, for the renovation are finalized, um, and we've told our contractors it's a go. Um, And so, yes, very soon we'll be tearing down walls, expanding studio spaces, um, and uh, it will be a beautiful place for uh, classes and camps. All righty. More on that also as we go through this edition of Perspectives. Again, you are always welcome to be part of it at 850-414-1234. Quincy Hamby, I don't think there are too many folks in Tallahassee who are not familiar with the phenomenal jewelry that you have been producing for those low 30 years or so. But uh, since this is radio and it is a non-visual medium, if you can lend your words to describe a little bit of what you attempt to do with your, your jewelry. It is not just your, I don't want to say traditional, but you use a lot of artistic interpretation when you come up with your different forms and your different patterns and your choices of textures and colors and all of that. I should just let you describe my jewelry, Tom. (laughs) I think my jewelry comes from my personal background in anthropology and archaeology. That's what I got my degrees in. And so I love the cultural aspect of beadwork and also the... uh, the products I get from my African traders that come through town and call me up. And, you know, it's just a wonderful uh, expression of my my life growing up in Hawaii. And, you know, my friends like Keller, Oyster Mom on Facebook, I use her oyster shells to make oyster jewelry. And so it's just a composite of me as a person and the people that I know and love. Yeah, I think a lot of folks who are not personally involved in the arts don't understand just how the creative person brings to that endeavor little bits and pieces of every experience that they've had, people that they know, places they have been, and it all kind of gets cuisinarded around somehow. (laughs) Yeah, and then it comes out in unique ways that other people just... You, you can't duplicate it because no one is like you. Well, I told you earlier that I have a motto on my computer, and it says creativity is not simple. So that's how I look at it. You know, I take things apart. I throw things away. I remake things. And so it's just a creative process that, you know, poets, writers, painters, everybody experiences. How many pieces are you going to have at uh, Chain of Parks this year? Um, I usually have about 50 pieces, around 50 pieces, smaller earrings. I'm working on earrings because of the pandemic. A lot of women are not buying jewelry because they're not going places. They're not doing things. They're not traveling. So, But um, I've been creating these really pretty earrings. So, you know, it's something that you can buy for yourself and have a symbol of beauty on you without spending a lot of money. Yeah, and that's it. The, the, uh, we, we need to talk about that because when you say art, a lot of people will say, 
oh, well, that's lovely, but, you know, a one-of-a-kind, personally-created piece is just beyond me when it comes to the affordability factor. And it doesn't have to be like that. We're not looking at thousands and thousands of dollars. No, no. Um, I try to price my stuff according to Tallahassee and the people that are here, and so... New York, we ain't. Right. <laughs> David Yerman, I'm not. <laughs> we are talking about the Chain of Parks Art Festival, which is a perfectly expressed uh, bit of the Lemoyne uh, here in Tallahassee that is coming up on April 23rd and 24th. Artists in the Parks with that uh, opening night's presenting artist Lana Shuttleworth on the 21st and the Artist Workshop on the 22nd. And then following that on Saturday and Sunday in the Chain of Parks downtown, we hope to see you there. And we are talking about it here on Perspectives. Would love to hear from you too, 850-414-1234. We'll be right back. Back on Perspectives from WFSU Public Media, we are always available online at WFSU.org, and we archive each show in its entirety, usually within a day or so after it appears on the radio, so you can go back and catch it whenever you wish. The modern wonders of nonlinear life as it goes. Uh, hey, Kelly Dozier, let, let's, uh, you know, we, we're talking offline here for just a moment, but you've been doing this for a long time here at Lemoyne, And you are in an organization that it seems like not all that long ago, Lemoyne was not exactly teetering on the brink of destruction, but you guys had some big challenges back then. It's like you've come roaring back. How did that happen? Well, you're absolutely right. And, you know, any organization I feel uh, that has been around for decades um, needs to look at itself and change with the times. And uh, Lemoyne definitely faced some challenges, um, along with a lot of other cultural nonprofits. You know, there, there are challenging times, uh, limited funding, um, you know, uh, Folks in the community, especially during the recession, pulled back. Everybody did. Um, but Lemoyne managed to hang in there um, and look at itself and come up with uh, a vision for the future. How do we uh, make improvements, bring quality back to all the programming that we uh, provide the community, and, um, and then grow in a way that we can become more self-sustaining? Um, and, you know, that's my bottom line goal <laughs> for, uh, you know, everything I do for Lemoyne um, is to find ways to um, help Lemoyne become self-sustaining. So as, as the economy goes up and down and funding, uh, you know, comes and goes, um, Lemoyne can sustain itself through all those times. And um, this is an uptime right now. Actually, the, the pandemic... Uh, provided, while it was really tough to get through it, it, it provided an opportunity to 
um, make some plans and get things together, bringing on talented staff uh, like Powell Kreese, our programming director, and Ariel Raff, our executive director. Um, you know, talented staff uh, that really cares about Lemoyne is making a huge difference uh, every day. And you can see it. You can see it in, in the quality of programming that we're showing um, in all the products that we put out there in our invitations and in our programs and in our outreach. More and more people are coming in. Our membership has doubled over the last year. Um, so that's another indication that the community is noticing that and appreciates it. And uh, so that's how we're doing it, um, through reaching out and creating community through art, which is what we do. And um, bringing those people who love art and have loved Lemoyne uh, back into the fold to support what we're doing. Because going back even hundreds of years in Europe, where you would have someone even of the the prominence of a Leonardo da Vinci, they still had to find patrons. Usually, you know, some rich noble person or the church or someone to underwrite them so they could do their creative work. And here in a town like Tallahassee, where we don't have big corporate headquarters and a whole bunch of uh, philanthropic uh, upper-level folks, that's that's got to make life a little bit tougher than otherwise it might be. It is tough. It is tough. Um, but it's... Uh it's doable. There are a lot of people who really care in this community, and it's a matter of finding them and letting them know what you're doing and um, and doing quality work. And I think Lemoyne is doing quality work every day, and that's what people are noticing, and that's why we've had such success with our Art for Always Capital campaign. Um, uh, we are, we're showing that we are keeping our promises um, and we're honoring our donors, and we're honoring the artists who come through Lemoyne, um, and uh, we're we're just doing the best that we can, and uh, it it that will work in this community. Well, Ariel Raff, since this is kind of an introduction for you as far as the folks who listen to this program are, are concerned, they probably heard from, you know, Powell and Kelly before, but what is your vision as executive director for Lemoyne? Yes, well, thanks for asking. I I came on about a year ago as operations director and um, became executive director a little more than a month ago. And so um, my goals currently are to get operations very smooth, kind of turning like clockwork, um, and then uh, really take a look at our marketing, understanding who who um, in our community is really using our services and then seeing how we can expand and get the word out um, and and broaden uh, our reach because I think we have such amazing programs and I, I, I think, you know, more people need to know about Lemoyne. So that is my, that's my goal. <laughs> okay. But one of the, of course, reasons that Lemoyne exists is for community outreach. And when you have a giant chunk of downtown Tallahassee as part of a very prominent and well-respected festival, Palcrease, that has to really rebound back to the legitimacy and the effectiveness of Lemoyne as an arts advocacy organization in this town. 
Absolutely. I think one of the best things about the festival is it is very much showcasing what Tallahassee has to offer. You know, we're not trying to be anybody else. We're focusing on our local artists as well as bringing in national artists. We've got food trucks and chalk artists and uh, reenactment performers, entertainment. It's a really great display of Tallahassee, and I think the community really appreciates that. Yeah, it has become a multimedia type of presentation. But mm-hmm. uh, for you, Quincy Hamby, what does Lemoyne bring to you as a practicing artist, one who has had to struggle forward, you know, through COVID and economic downturns and supply chain issues? You know, some of the things you use are not that easy to obtain right now. So how did these guys help you out? Well, the Chain of Park show is just phenomenal because it is a community event and everybody comes out. I see people that I, they're uh, participating in the Chain of Parks that I don't see normally within the year, you know. Um, but so the whole community comes out, but in that in turn supports me. I mean, financially, um, artistically, um, I get validation for what I'm doing. And, you know, as an artist, it's okay to create and create and create, but like you said, you need a Medici to send you to uh, to pay your bills. You know, so uh, in that way, Chain of Parks is wonderful. Last year during the pandemic, I had one of my clients come up to me and she goes, "I have two hundred dollars. I'm spending it on you. What can I buy?" <laughs> and so that was just wonderful for me because she's an artist herself. And I thought, wow, what, what a great support that is for me. And I'm sure you had some great ideas for her there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. We now are talking about the further expansion of uh, now the performing arts, but it, as we said, also ties in with the visual arts since everything is kind of a mashup more now than it has been. So Performing Arts Center, Kelly Dozier, some other initiatives that I hear are buzzing around town to try to promote more creativity and artistic expression among young people, older folks, all has to be a good thing. Wonderful thing. Uh, I'm so glad to hear our community talking about this. And it it sounds like maybe this time it's going to happen. Uh, because the community really needs this uh, asset um, for the performing arts. And I think the Sheridans have uh, a wonderful idea, and they're putting a lot behind it to make it happen. So I I really am rooting for them and our community to make that happen. We'll keep an eye on it for you for sure. by the way, 850-414-1234 is the number to call, the very number that Jack called. And I know because he's waiting there on line one to join our panel here on Perspectives. Hey, Jack, thanks for calling. Welcome. Well, thank you, Tom, and thank you to uh, Ariel and uh, Kelly. I-, I have got a personal story to tell. I'll try to make it brief. So in 1979, I was the children's photography teacher at Lemoyne in our first year in Tallahassee. And the year after that, on May 4th, 1980, Charlotte and I were married in the Garden of Lemoyne. And my office is currently right next door to the uh, new arts building or uh, classroom space at the Ounce of Prevention Fund. So North Gadsden Street is a very, very special corridor for me and my family. I will tell you, the rebirth of Lemoyne is uh, nothing short of of stirring, and we're glad to be long-term members of Lemoyne, and thanks for your leadership and this wonderful airtime for Chain of Parks. 
Sure do appreciate that input, Jack, and we'll circle back on that other interview we talked about last week. So you take care of yourself. So good to hear from you, Jack. And that seems, Ariel, to be, though, part and parcel of the reaction that you get from a lot of folks here in Tallahassee when you bring up Lemoyne. They've had a long-time association with it, or they've just learned about it and think, my gosh, the little town I came from back in Pennsylvania, Minnesota, didn't have anything like that. Well, it's great to hear from callers like Jack because, um, yes, our, our gardens have been, um, you know, cherished by generations and um, weddings going back 50 years. Um, and so we are we're excited to get um, names of people that have been married there and get them back together again and, um, you know, maybe have kind of an alumni group. <laughs> I was married there. Quincy, you're in the alumni group. <laughs> um, we are uh, we are going to be expanding our gardens very soon. We're really excited about that. We've got a beautiful plan that we've been working on with Kimley Horn, um, and uh, with Charlie Johnson from Chimley, Kimley Horn, and and uh, we are going to put a new gazebo. So the um, the gazebo location will also change and just be kind of more central to the garden. Um, uh, as we expand it out, um, and, uh, we'll sort of flatten a little bit and make it a little more accessible for, uh, people in wheelchairs and, um, people who aren't taking, you know, right now you have to take, you have to go up a step and down a step. And so, um, we're really looking forward to making it all evened out and more accessible, um, and uh, that's going to be happening this summer. So <laughs> I'll let you know as soon as we have our timeline, but it's very soon. Well, it's also something to perhaps consider if you are looking forward to a vow renewal. I hear that they're very popular nowadays. And maybe if it didn't take too well the first time, you can go back and do it all again in the garden at Lemoyne and have uh, you know a better experience on that. Powell Crease, give us some insight into what it takes to put something like Chain of Parks together. This is not a little, oh, hey, 15 minutes, make a couple phone calls, and we're good to go. This is a massive undertaking. It takes a full year to put this together. I don't think people always realize that because it is just a fun weekend for people to come and visit and see all these pretty things. And so I think now that I've been on the other side, I have a much greater appreciation for event planning, um, but it takes a whole year to get all the grants done and, you know, recruit the artists and uh, reach out to all of the entertainers and get all the permits and insurance. It's a it's a whole production, so I have a really wonderful team I work with, but it takes about a full year. Well, it would seem a no-brainer, a Quincy Hamby here, local artist, well-respected, uh, decades and decades of producing phenomenal work for folks that are you know, much loved. But what kind of vetting process do the artists go through to become part of that magic, in this case, 150 participating artists in Chain of Parks? Right. I mean, we get about 300 applications that come through, and then there's a judging process. We have a whole panel that goes through and anonymously uh, gives them a score, and then we filter down to the ones that got you know the top 150 scores and make sure that we're balanced in our mediums, but uh, it's, a, it's a really 
interesting process. Yeah, what, what about the folks who get left out? Do you ever get any nasty calls or emails from them? Luckily, I don't. Uh, our artist manager, Sherry Sanderson, fields all that for us. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'll call Sherry right after the show. I'm sure, I'm sure she has some fascinating tales to tell. Quincy Hanby, how many times have you been at Chain of Parks? Um, I can't remember. Too many, you know. <laughs> She's a staple. Yeah. I've been around for a while. Uh, may, oh, maybe over 15 years. Let me just put it out there, 15 years. Wow. But you're also in contact with a lot of other creative people. As you mentioned, you know, the one customer who came by who also was an artist. Coming off of COVID and these other challenges that we've had, what is the current state of the arts in Tallahassee from what you hear from people that you know who are in the biz? How have they weathered this? Uh, it's been hard. I think really I feel my heart goes out to musicians you know, uh, it really shut them down completely. Um, restaurants found a way, you know, um, but artists really struggled. They really struggled. And um, I had to, sh I had closed my shop and took everything home, which was hard because I just, I'm cramped into this little space and it's hard to be creative being cramped, but I make do. Well, that brings us kind of back around Kelly Dozier to what is the, in keeping with the overall mission of Lemoyne, what other things are you looking at maybe to help out artists that are looking to expand or even to begin a career in, in creativity? What, what can you do to help them? Well, as Ariel mentioned, Lemoyne is there from three to ninety-three. We we offer. Um, I, I think we're an incubator for the arts uh, for visual artists. Um, we have little kids come and they experience art, and now they find a love. I mean, what little kid doesn't like to draw? I mean, everybody likes to do that. So th uh, they find a way to express themselves. Then they can go to summer camp and, and get even more hands-on and do all kinds of media and learn all kinds of ways to express through art. Um, and then uh, if they – we have the, the Mahaska-Whitley student exhibit. So, you know, then we can honor high school kids in our community and show them what it's like to be in a professional setting uh, and have their art on display. Um, and then when they become professionals, they can either participate in the Chain of Parks Art Festival, which uh, provides many of our local artists at least 10% of their annual income. Uh, so, so that's a big deal for one weekend. Um, and then we have uh, shows, exhibits that we put on all through the year. So that's another way to support our artists. Uh, people call Lemoyne every day with some off-the-wall question. You know, hey, uh, I was at the festival 10 years ago, and there was this artist who was selling puppets or whatever, and like, can you put us in contact with them because we want a puppet show or something, you know, and, and our staff scrambles around to get that information, you know, digging through records um, every day. Every day, uh, some kind of call like that comes in. Uh, so we're supporting in, in that way. But um, something new that's coming up um, is as we move most of our education programming into our new building, we are looking to repurpose the old building that we have been using, refurbish it completely, and turn that into artist studio space. 
and we're hoping to have, you know, room for, uh, I don't know, 12 or 15 artists who can have their studios within that space. And um, this will really, uh, we get calls about that all the time also. We have a waiting list. I think Quincy's name is on that list. Um, Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, and uh, the idea is that we create another community. So these artists, um, it's not just anybody who wants to lease space. We're going to coordinate this um, and make it a space that, uh, where artists can support each other. And uh, there'll be a display space as part of this also. Um, so we're, we're looking at doing that, hopefully uh, by the end of the year or early next year. Exciting things happening at Lemoyne here in Tallahassee, not the least of which being the upcoming Chain of Parks Art Festival, which is April 23rd and 24th in downtown Tallahassee. We have some of the preeminent people from Lemoyne, and we'll talk more with them right after this break here on Perspectives. Don't go away. Consistently ranked among the very top art shows and sales in the United States. That's our own Chain of Parks Art Festival, which is hosted by the Lemoyne folks and will be happening later this month in downtown Tallahassee. The executive director of SAME, Ariel Raff, a question I have, one of my personal favorite happenings at Lemoyne. Is the holiday show in sale? Is that going to be back on full speed ahead for this coming uh, November, December, Ariel? It sure is, Tom. Yes. Um, right after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, we will be open every day of the week right through the day before Christmas. Um, Yes. Uh, Without that boy, I would have left my holiday shopping in much worse straits than what it normally is, just because you always find something incredible, all these one-of-a-kind things, and they don't have to be, again, expensive. The price points are all over the map, but there's always some fantastic things that you can get there. So that's that's something to look forward to. I was very pleased with our holiday show that just happened. Powell Crease was um, very instrumental in planning that um, with us, and it was really beautiful. A lot of people remarked on it, um, and it was great to see people coming out every day of the week and just enjoying shopping, buying gifts for their friends and family, um, and really just kind of ooing and aahing about the beautiful artwork that, you know, we had, how many was it? Over a hundred artists mm-hmm. and thousands and thousands of pieces. Um, and it, yeah, it just transforms into a, like a, a wonderland. So yeah, we'll do it again for sure. We're, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> we're still figuring out what uh, our theme will be. It'll be the 59th <laughs> year though. So it's been around for a while. Yeah, and uh, but it also raises a significant amount of uh, of revenue for Lemoyne too, which is a, a big help and helps the artists at the same time. So it gives the community in the uh, holiday spirit too. Everybody looks forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it is definitely party central uh, <laughs> during the holidays. Um, well, Powell, I th- as as I look back at some of the uh, Chain of Parks art festivals over the years and now forward to this one that's that's up and coming, I keep wondering, how can you top what has come before? You want to maintain that high national visibility because, boy, that not only attracts, you know, great artists to the event, 
but also helps to position the entire community as something that it really so desperately aspires to be that is a a center of arts and culture, but also fun and entertainment and that side of Tallahassee that we've been looking to capitalize on now for so many years. So how do you keep on keeping on, essentially? Well, that's a good question. I think um, 2019 was such a phenomenal year for the festival, and then I came on in 2020, and we all know what happened. (laughs) But um, last year we had sort of a miniature version, and that went really well. It was hard to put together, but artists came away very, very pleased with the result, and so that keeps you going. And um, now that we can have our favorite festival that we know and love come back, for 2022. I think uh, there's just a lot of excitement. So I definitely want to deliver and hope for good weather. Well, given that a lot of folks who uh, listen to this program may not be regulars, we do have, and talk to Greg uh, Patterson, if you doubt this, a large number of people who are moving to our area right now. We are a growing community. So for their benefit, pal, if you could give them like a, a quickie rundown of the two-day uh, happening that is coming up uh, for Chain of Parks, what can they expect and what kind of, uh, you know, other attractions and amenities you're going to have for them? Absolutely. I would say expect a beautiful weekend in downtown Tallahassee with all of the oak trees and 150 fine artists, live entertainment all day with a big Saturday evening groove at the end of Saturday with Tallahassee Night Live, which puts on a great show. People will be dancing and, um, you know, we've got a bar and food trucks and a whole children's area called The Village where we have make and take crafts and um, uh, chalk art and face painting. So it's, there's something for everyone. It's a big family experience. It's just a good thing to do to get outside and meet people and experience art. And there's so many people who go, well, gee, that's given the quality of the event and the venue, it's got to be a phenomenally expensive ticket price. And that's that's another thing we need to mention here. I, I think there is something for everyone. I have seen all ages enjoy it and walk away with something. Um, it can be just a nice weekend with the family. Or if you're a serious art lover, there's high quality collectible pieces But there's also affordable pieces if you're just interested in getting your foot in the door but aren't quite ready to make a huge investment. Yeah, and and you wander in and look at all this stuff. That's the other thing, too, that, uh, you know, there are so many venues nowadays that, again, the ticket prices explode and you haven't changed your ticket price since the beginning, right? Right. Well, and you get to talk to the artist. I think that's something that people get really excited about is learning about their process and understanding why they made what they made. And that really motivates somebody to and connects them with the artwork. And there are no tickets. That <laughs> is exactly no tickets. right. <laughs> no tickets. And, and free to the public. Free to the public and open rain or shine. Yep. There we go. And, and I remember some of those rainy chain of parks, oh, too. Yes. But Gosh. you guys kept kept on and okay a little bit of raindrops it's tallahassee what are you going to do boom quincy your creative process you talked about that before and i'm fascinated with it because do you envision the finished product when you start or is that an evolutionary thing that you go through it kind of tells you what it's going to be it's a it's an evolutionary process i don't envision anything i just have i have a, a you know Stuart reardon Yep. She used to come into my studio. I work off of Chinette plates. And she goes, I just want to come in and see your Chinette plates. <laughs> so, you know, I just work, you know, I don't know. I'm a mess. <laughs> creative, creative, creative people are messy. 
you know? So it's just a mess in my studio. And I do have a friend who comes by after a big event and helps me reorganize. That's a good friend. That is a real good friend, yes. But <laughs> you, you were right. It's it's that right brain, left brain thing that artists yeah. seem to have. Mm-hmm. That, you know, in their own headspace, there is a high degree of organization that no one else can comprehend. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense to the artist. Anyone else would see just sheer terror and chaos. Right. But there is a logical process that you are undergoing as you go through the the work with the materials and it gives you feedback and talks to you and suddenly it and you become this strange mind meld sort of thing. Well, Pal came over to my house and I said, you want to see my studio? And she goes, yeah, let me see it. She walked in and her eyes got wide as saucers. So she understood. Oh, so many beads. I also make jewelry and I uh, just have so much appreciation for what she does. I was very inspired and wanted to touch everything. <laughs> Nirvana. <laughs> well, and, and you know, Quincy has a unique look somehow you know if you say it's random and it's a process but when it's done it's a Quincy mm-hmm. right so yes. everybody knows that you see yes. that like, oh you're wearing your Quincy today and um it's it's very unique to Quincy and that's why Quincy's in the Chain of Parks Art Festival we're a fine art festival so you can't just string a bunch of beads and bring it if it, it has to say something unique and there's a story behind my pieces yes well and and the selection of the pieces that you put together and how you put them together and how you present it uh creates the the quincy original piece the brand yes absolutely (laughs) and that's what's amazing about Quincy. thank you so much (laughs) the other thing that lemoyne does and circling back again to education as in in full disclosure a, a former art educator recovering now, you know, I, I, I still have twinges, you know, I, I must talk to children and, and show, the, show them how to do tie-dye. Uh, <laughs> and paint to the corners. Yeah, but, but Ariel, with classrooms now, now we have a financial literacy requirement that just got leveraged into Florida's public schools. The arts, they're still there, okay? Art and music, still there, but it seems to have been diminished somewhat by the other priorities that have to be addressed in the course of the teachers ever increasingly frantic and sometimes terrifying days. Lemoyne plugs in on that, though, the need for that art education that perhaps the the schools just can't do. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, When I was a kid, art, we did art one day a week in school and that it was Friday and it was my favorite day because I just I couldn't wait. Um, And my connection with my art teacher was very strong. um, And uh, yes, it means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to um, the students, um, the kids. So yes, we do fill a need. Um, sometimes we have homeschool groups that come and take our classes, actually, um, because we do really make an effort to offer classes to um, specific age groups. So um, we have uh, like the camps that are coming up, for example, are 6 to 12 and then 13 to 17. So the 13 to 17-year-olds are, you know, all of these groups are split into groups that make sense for their ages. So 6, 7, 8-year-olds, 8, 9, 10-year-olds. 
um, 10, 11, 12 together. And then the teens have their small groupings as well. Um, and because they, you know, they have different interests and in learning different styles. Um, and uh, throughout the year, we do youth specific classes as well as adult classes and things for young kids. So yeah, we definitely do fill a gap um, and there is a, there is a gap to fill, so um, we're happy to do it. <laughs> well, uh, we don't want a gap in the conversation. I think Helen can help us uh, fill in here. She is waiting on line one, which, by the way, is 850-414-1234. Hey, Helen, thanks for calling Perspectives. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. I just wanted to add that the Tallahassee Garden Club is joining with Lemoyne, and we're doing the update on the Helen Lynn Garden, and we're just real thrilled that we can participate with another community organization. Oh, that is terrific, Helen. What's the time frame on the renewal of the garden there? I think it's going to be done before the end of May. Wow. Well, please... Yep. L- Please let us know. Yeah, we would we would love to go over and take a gander at the garden and see how it has come along and uh, been reimagined and reinvigorated. Thank you for letting us know, Helen. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, and that's partnerships. And Lemoyne has a bunch of those, too. Yes, I love our partnerships. And it's been it's really been flourishing um, with the Tallahassee Garden Club. And I'm really, really pleased. Thanks, Helen. Thanks for calling and, and uh, mentioning that um, we've uh, we've just um, agreed that there will be a partnership and they will be um, uh bringing some beautiful, beautiful flowers um, around our sculptures in the Helen Lind Garden. So um, we look forward to that very soon. Um, and it's just, it's exciting. It's new and exciting. It's renewed. We do have a long um, history with the Garden Club. The Hel- Helen Lind was a member of the Daffodil Circle, um, and she put a lot of time into our garden. And we have... Um, uh, the garden is named after her. And so we are going to um, renew that partnership. And it's, yeah, it's wonderful. That is terrific. Uh, Pal Crease, let's talk a little bit about uh, what else is happening in regards to the actual uh, festival itself here for the benefit of folks maybe who are just joining us now. Again, we are talking Chena Parks Art Festival 23rd, 24th, downtown Tallahassee. Absolutely. Um, Well, we're a green festival, at least we're trying to be, so we're working with Sustainable Tallahassee and the city's TAP program to do several different initiatives. We'll have electric cars there, and we have a painted rain barrel silent auction that we're going to be doing that you can see uh, staged around downtown Tallahassee right now. Um, We recruited eight artists to create these, and uh, it's going to be a display going on for the month of April leading up to the festival. Um, but coming to the festival, there's something for everyone. There's fine art, there's food, music, and uh, Oyster Mom. Oyster Mom will be there, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's going to have something for everyone. It's a great thing to do with your family. It's a good date. It's just a nice way to spend your weekend. So uh, it's you, you can't really do it all in one day, though. You have to come for both days because there's so much happening. Um that I, I would want to be there for the whole thing. Yeah, and, and you get to interface with people like Quincy Hamby and ask them, how did they do what they do? Where does the, the great creative flow come from to originate these things? And, and I thought it was really neat how they pointed out, Quincy, that your work as the work of any really uh, 
successful and advanced artist is very unique. You have a little stylistic thing going on there that becomes unmistakable. You you see your piece go, oh, yeah, that's a Quincy. That's so nice because, you know, as you do art, you think, are they sick of me? Should I continue to do this? they got to be sick of me. So I try to be, you know, I try to mix it up, try to be more creative and more creative and do things different so you won't be sick of me. What's the weirdest question that you've ever gotten, Just whether at Chain of Parks or someone who came to your shop or whatever? Weirdest or the most common thing that I get is, oh, I make jewelry, you know? <laughs> I breathe. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I said, really, well, keep going. Keep being creative, you know? Um, I don't know. That was a, the weirdest question. I, I've gotten a lot of them. I have to think about that, and I'll... I'll email you. Okay, okay, please do. Yeah, because I'd I'd love to know what uh, what people ask you when they when they see your stuff. So, um, okay, well, Kelly Dozier, a, a great opportunity here. Though we have had to talk about the upcoming um, developments, advancements, progress going on at at Lemoyne, and that has to be exciting again for you to be looking ahead and going. Here are some other ways that we can kind of plug in without, again, overwhelming the staff that you have and the resources that are available now. It is very exciting um, to think that soon, by the end of the year, that new education center is going to be up and running and have people there doing art. Um, it's, it's giving us an opportunity to have more workshops, uh, possibly bring more visitors from uh, out of town uh, to come to artist workshops, um, open studio space where once someone has taken a class, they can schedule time to come back and continue their work there with uh, some help from uh, Lemoyne staff and, and artist teachers. Um, so all of that is very exciting. The expanded gardens uh, will be a wonderful event space for Tallahassee once they're done. And accessibility is one of our top priorities because uh, Lemoyne's property is situated on quite the slope. <laughs> As you know, Tallahassee has a lot of hills. I think it's seven hills or something. Well, this is one of them. And um, so it's always been a challenge, but we are we are meeting that challenge through this effort so that uh, the entire campus will be fully accessible. Um, and that's a major goal and something we will be very proud of once we've accomplished. Um, and uh, the other piece of the garden that we're going to do is uh, we're going to greatly improve and expand our ceramics program. Uh, the, the back half of the gardens, people don't realize how much property is actually there. Uh, we currently call it the swamp jungle, at least I do. Um, but we will be clearing that out and dealing with the stormwater issues and creating a brand new uh, complex there for uh, firing of ceramics and alternative firings. And we're setting this up where we can have groups come in and, and observe firings or participate. And Tom's making notes, I want to be there when that happens. <laughs> because he is a, a potter. <laughs> yes, an old raccoon junkie. They're always lots of fun. But uh, yeah, um, I just recall all the nights that we nearly burned down the uh, 
ceramic professor's house. We got a little, <laughs> little, little careless with our reduction firing that evening, as I barely remember. I think that may have had something to do with it, too. Coming up, folks, again, the Chain of Parks Art Festival, the renewed, reinvigorated 2022 edition, coming to the downtown parks on the 23rd and 24th of April. We will see you there. And to Ariel Raff, Executive Director, Kelly Dozier, Chair of the Art Festival, Powell Kreese, who is the Festival Manager, and Quincy Hamby, one of the participating artists there. And thank you all for being on Perspectives today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Perspectives produced by WFSU-FM in Tallahassee. Technical assistance is provided by Evan Rossi. And Lydell Rawls back there on the phone. Kim Kelling, our executive producer. I'm Tom. We'll see you next week.